if I were to generalize, I would say empathy has gone up and people are willing to look past those things that perhaps before remote work became a thing and became the norm, maybe folks weren't as willing to accommodate those types of you know situations. All right, welcome back to Will Work for Podcast, guys. I get, apparently, this is season five. Who knew? Fifth one. Fifth one. And uh, I'm Daniel Thornton, and with me is Brendan Boland. All right, and we're back, baby. We're back <laughs> in some form. Yeah, yeah. Rested a little bit tan. Oh, I survived that. COVID, so there's that. I, I feel like I'm really back. You know what I mean? I got got air in my lungs. Yeah. There you go. I will say this. So I did a bit of traveling recently, right? And on both of those planes, like also Biden changed the requirements. So I did all these loops to get my letter of recovery, right? To make sure that I could actually come back into the country since I wouldn't right. test uh, negative. And he changes it on the Sunday. But anyways, uh, on both of those flights, as someone who's now survived COVID or had COVID, I should say, since I had it after vaccination boosters, I will say the, fir- the first flight, you'd appreciate this. It was just all in the first class. There's like some first class family with like COVID kids Fam. and like the dad's like walking up because he's like, you know, he's trying to be a good dad, but he's like walking up and down the aisle with this kid that's just spewing COVID like all over the fr- the first class cabin. So, yeah. you know, travel safe. Y'all just know that uh, it's out there right now. But anyways. Yeah, it's it's out there. It's happening. But, you know, if you're boosted and like it's it's just a sickness now, like it's just a part of life. That's why I tell that's why I tell Kyle. it's yeah, at least at least for my experience, a couple of days. Over, yeah. over, you had it, too, right? I guess. Right. Or I had to. I had a couple of days and like it, it's rough. I mean, Thor had it for like two weeks. Yeah. So like it depends. can be a lot rougher. It depends on the person. So. But yeah, so you're traveling and we are going to talk about, you know, traveling while working or remote working. Yeah. So what do you want to get into it? Well, because we, you had this experience about a couple months ago where you went and did you did a full week in a similar time zone. So what was funny about me and we can get to your experience, you know, the, the time difference from Pacific Coast to where I was at was about nine hours. So really, my office isn't going on until like two or three in the afternoon, right? Or actually later. So it was an interesting experiment because I did like the fact that I had the day. Like when I tried to do it on the East Coast and like visit people, whatever, and and still be working, that was hard because it was like, you know, it was the middle of the day. I'm trying to figure out stuff. I'm answering emails while also having like coffee with friends. So this this was funny because I could go out, you know, I had my breakfast, had some lunch, walked around, like enjoyed the space and then came back to the the Airbnb I was at and went on. I will say, I was talking to my colleague who I was doing this with. Most likely, if it, over time, it just means that you're not doing, you're not doing a full shift unless something's up, right? No, like, absolutely, you're definitely checking out early. You know, depending, on, you get the requirements done and things like that, and then you move on. But it was a, it was, it was an interesting experiment. I'll say that. So, what was your experience? I mean, well, I went the reverse, so we were uh, like four hours uh, backwards. So that was it's. So it's it's okay. You have to wake up really early in that sense. So that sucks. But then you yeah. get done at two or like we, we were done at two because it was three hours behind because it was on Pacific time. But okay. so it's it's good in that sense because then you get done early. You can go out. You can do stuff. 
Like you've got the whole day ahead of you. Afternoon, evening to go out. Yeah. Right. But you also got to wake up really early, which I hate. So I'm not really a big fan of that. When I did it abroad, because I've done it in like several different circumstances now. So when you do it abroad and you're like going to a location that you actually want to be in, it kind of sucks a lot because you're there and you keep on thinking, because even then I did it basically in the same same time zone. It was a one hour behind, but basically the same. Right, right. So it's like you, but then Kara would like go out and do stuff because she took the time off and I would be working. And I was just like, I don't like, what am I doing here? Like, why am I here and working? So every time I hear like these TikTokers or other people talking about their experiences, I'm always like, yeah, man, I guess that's cool. But if you're if you're really traveling all this time, it's got to suck to like work while you're trying to do all of this. I think if you're there, if you're doing the full month, right? If you're doing the full month of the Nomad thing and you're like at a hostel that has like the WeWork space, because that was true in the place I was at. It was, it was funny to see how many of the hostels had, had now created, you know, tables and desks and the internet and all that. <laughs> right. So it totally changed the hostel environment in that sense. Right. Right. But, but I suppose if you're there with enough time that you, you're having the weekends, you're having the, you know, the time outside of your, your day, it makes sense. If you're doing kind of the, three, four day, whatever, and I'm only in this place, then, then you definitely, yeah, feel like you're just missing out, I guess. But, uh, but you know, something to try, I guess. And, you know, try it. Yeah. Tell us what you think. Send us a comment. Give us a story. Uh, we'll share it. Cause definitely it's, it's, I think to each their own, you know? Yeah, for sure. Like, let us know how you feel, how you felt it went and we can, we can kind of assess it from there. But, uh, moving on to our rejection letter of the week. This rejection letter of the week go, comes from Quicksilver Studios. And uh, yeah, so this is also from Reddit. Not the clothing brand. Not the clothing brand. It's from okay. you back and forth from Reddit. It says, we have quite enjoyed getting to know you and sharing our experience at Quicksilver Studios with you over the past weeks. I appreciate your patience as we ensured that you met with key team members and worked through our final candidate review process. We we're universally impressed with your ambition your focused pursuit of a career in project management as well as PMP certification and natural curiosity, all of which served you well in the future. Ultimately, after much consideration, we chose to extend an offer to other final candidate who, is, who has accepted. Ideally, we would like to, we would bring you aboard concurrently, but we just aren't in a position to do this, so at this time. With that said, we do consider you at the top of our shortlist moving forward for future roles. And if interested, would be open to revisiting you joining our team as the year unfolds. For background, there are several large-scale uh, client conversations that could see us needed to add our team quickly. But as time, those conversations are ongoing. Interesting, interesting rejection Ooh. letter. It's like it's it was a I give it really good rejection letter, but it's like that. It's like winning the silver medal. Like you're. Happy you got a medal, but you're also pissed you got gold. You didn't get gold. Yeah, like so you're close. right there. And then I wonder for those also, like you kind of rack your brain because like you're like, what's that one thing? What's that little detail that would have got me over the finish line? So that's always a thing, but it was a good it was a good rejection letter. 
that's when you uh, you wait for the website to update and then you just look at the person on LinkedIn, right? You're, you, know, you have to do a little sleuthing to kind of see who this person is and what they did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, what's, what's even interesting about that role or this this person as a candidate, right? They have the the PMP certification, which is not like that's that's significant yeah. for project management for those that are in that space. So this person definitely has the advanced certification, like clearly some years of experience. Um, I will say, though, like instead of focusing on that piece, I read that. And in my head, if I if I really wanted this job, if this was the place that like was my number one, I'm following up. Oh yeah, right. Like that. There's enough of a thing there that's saying like on the monthly or something like that, right? Every every eight weeks, maybe sending that email saying like, hey, just checking in. Like, yeah, you know. Oh no, you are. Yeah, you send that email back and you say, hey, do you mind if I like check back with you in three months and like see how it's going, and just keep in contact with that like recruiter or whoever that person is to really like see if any of the things have unfolded if the timeline has increased or or sped up who knows so like yeah but uh hey send us your rejection letters um like and subscribe just uh we're, follow us on all the platforms we really enjoy like hearing from you and uh on with the show All right. Well, we'd like to welcome to the show Farhan Qasim. Uh, Farhan has 10 years of experience managing sophisticated digital projects, implementing robust learning solutions, building high-impact teams, and fostering sustainable relationships with global co- clients in multiple industries, education, finance, and healthcare. He's also the founder of uh, Community. Community. Oh my God, I can't say that correctly. Which supports job seekers to find a remote position to start living their best life. Welcome to the show, Farhan. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. I'm where I'm very happy to have you on here. I'm very excited to um, discuss this community. Oh my God, is that the correct way to say it again? You got it. Yeah, it's called community. It's a, all right. Well, let's just start by that. Tell me the story of community. Sure. Um, so at the height of the pandemic in October of 2020, I was working for a company where. I thought I would be there for years and years. And actually that's something that my manager at the time had told me at my most recent, you know, interview type of, uh, you know, performance review type of situation where I was meeting with him one-on-one and, uh, lo and behold, uh, they let me go with maybe 48 hours notice. Um, so it was one of those, uh, you know, kick in the gut kind of, you know, sentiments where I had to really understand what it was that was happening and pick up the pieces. In hindsight, it was probably the best thing that's happened to me in my career because it enabled me to really understand my value and uh, appreciate, you know, how I could work for myself and how I could work for organizations that actually valued who I was. Um, And the idea behind Commutomy actually emerged right after I was let go because I thought to myself, now that we're in the remote work world, right, where everything is remote and everybody's working, you know, out of their out of their basement or their you know spare bedroom, uh, how do we make people who are interested in either transitioning to the remote workplace or those that are already remote, how do we supercharge their abilities to become even more productive, right? And of course, this is October of 2020, so a lot has been written by this point about how to unleash that best version of yourself as you work remotely. 
and I thought I could throw my hat into the ring um, and provide value to folks that were in a similar position. Uh, I've been working remotely and I've been recognized for leading remote teams for quite some time. So I thought this might be a good way to marry those skills that I have with something that I could actually, uh, you know, provide value to for others. So how does community, oh God, how does community accomplish that? How, do, how does community help you find a remote work position? So community is a one-man consultancy. It's basically just me running the show. And my goal is I, whenever I work with a client, I customize an entire onboarding solution uh, and training solution for that particular client. So let's say you're looking for a remote role, but you've never had a remote role before. I would start out by surveying the landscape for you, uh, looking at your resume, looking at your cover letter, finding that competitive edge that would allow you to uh, be successful in your job search, right? So that's kind of the first component is purely from a career coaching standpoint, how to unlock those opportunities for people that are looking. And then the other side of community, which is personally more fun for me, is those who are in a remote role right now, but they're looking to make their impact even more meaningful. So I do a lot of workshops and sessions and you know one-on-one trainings uh, on a lot of these skills. A lot of them are soft skills, which folks don't really uh, maybe appreciate until they're in a remote role. So leading a meeting, you know, how do you how do you conduct uh, a team call when there's so many different stakeholders and nobody's really in the same room and nobody's really being held accountable. There needs to be a manager kind of driving that process. Someone needs to take ownership. Uh, I deal with um, some of my clients who are interested in uh, making their meetings more effective. So effective note-taking is something that I focus on a lot. Um, Asynchronous communication, Slack, Microsoft Teams, Zoom, Google Hangouts, all these different tools. How do you make the best uh, how do you utilize them the best way possible? And it's not a one size fits all, you know, for a given team. So those are some of the things that I'm involved in from a community standpoint, from a community standpoint, sorry. And, uh, <laughs> it, it is a mouthful. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a fun ride so far. I've, I've really enjoyed giving, giving back to the community. Okay. So you're, you're obviously an expert in like remote work. So I'm, I'm glad we have you on to kind of explain, you know, you, um, you have seen this transition over the last couple of years that because of the pandemic. So wh- tell me about the remote space two years ago and how it has uh, changed till now and what you see it for the future, I guess, is, is one of my big questions. Yeah. So I would say two years ago, the remote environment, the remote workspace was, was something that was seen as a nice to have in the kind of day-to-day existence of a lot of employees around the world. Uh, It was something you did when you needed to, because maybe you have appointments or or things to tend to that would interfere with your ability to work, right? Since the pandemic, it's become the norm, right? It's become the default for a lot of organizations, even from a monetary standpoint, that are looking to cut costs and looking to optimize their bottom line. They've let their employees have the freedom to operate from wherever, and as long as the work is getting done, it doesn't really matter where the employees are located. So I think that paradigm shift has been instrumental in enabling a lot of the, the discourse that we see, you know, people talking about and, and the future of work. 
I, I do believe that as we emerge from the pandemic, folks will begin to open up to the idea of a hybrid workplace where people are coming in kind of when they want to, uh, and then staying at home, you know, the rest of the time. Uh, but, but even with that being said, I think the vast majority of employees out there, folks that are working for, you know, someone except for themselves, they will really embrace and continue to take advantage of the remote work revolution that we've seen. So you give, um, you, and you alluded this before, you give recommendations to uh, organizations of how to onboard uh, remote people. Is it, am I making that, am I correct in that subject? So yeah. what, are, what, are some, what are some recommendations that you do give to organizations? So if an organization is looking to hire remote talent, um, they need to have a very, they need to have a playbook in place in order to really achieve that. So, you know, orientation needs to be clearly thought out. You're having people onboarding from many different locations, many different backgrounds. How do you give everybody a consistent experience and an introduction to the company, the culture, their expectations and their responsibilities in a uniform and you know scalable way. So that's something that I think is is important. Uh, in addition to that, I think a lot of the work that I'm currently working on and thinking about is inculcating a culture of empathy, which is crucial when you have remote employees, right? Because let's say someone is running late or someone isn't available and it's an emergency. Uh, you need to be flexible in the remote workspace. You can't just go over to the person's cubicle or you know, dock them a point for not having been there on time, you know, whatever the case might be, which, which was the case before. So, uh, you know, not a day goes by where I think people that are working in the remote workplace have to be nimble and have to accommodate uh, unforeseen circumstances. So that gets baked into the culture, that gets baked into the expectations. Um, and then it goes, you know, it's also a two-way street, right? Employees have to realize that they have those rights now that maybe weren't as clearly elucidated right. before. Um, but all of this needs to be done in an atmosphere of understanding. We don't want people to abuse the privileges that come with remote work. And we don't want companies to, you know, take advantage of their employees either when it comes to giving them more work or uh, feeling like, oh, this person is just behind their computer all day. Of course, they can do two more projects, right? So Right. And that is also something that I talk about, you know, my my partner, she feels in her remote work that like, there is no clock, like there is no time to stop work because, you know, you're always at, you're essentially always at work because you're always with your computer and that's where your work is. So I know that setting those boundaries are very important, especially for somebody who's looking into remote work. And that's something, let, let's say I come to you and I'm like, hey, I'm a project manager. I'm trying to get out of this <clears throat> organization and find somewhere where I can have remote work. What are some strategies about, you know, going out and looking for that remote position that you would suggest? Yeah, you have to be very deliberate in your search, right? Because especially now, uh, there are a lot of companies that are hiring remote. And there are right. a lot of companies that because they're searching for talent, they're essentially willing to accommodate folks that that might have any number of different circumstances. So it's crucial during the interview stage, despite, you know, the interview game is a whole process on community that I go through and other, you know, career counselors and career coaches dedicate hours and hours to help, helping people become better at interviews. But I think one of the, the key components is 
ask the right questions during the interview process, right? Really, I mean, don't hesitate to, you know, dig in and uh, provide scenarios, you know, uh, provide specific examples of when, of how accommodating the company might be to circumstances that are important to you. So let's say you're a caregiver, let's say you're a parent, right? Come to the interview with examples of situations that might merit that kind of flexibility that you're looking for, right? And really kind of gauge the person's response. Are they being genuine in terms of how they respond to those to those requests, right? Um, and this is, it's a whole give and take, right? So you have to, you have to understand where you can make compromises and then you need to also be very cognizant and aware of where the company is willing to make compromises. Uh, for example, I'll give you just kind of a brief example. A friend of mine started working at a place in September of last year. So it's almost been a year. And during the interview process, there was no set expectation around whether he would be remote or in the office, right? So he went in thinking he would have to come into the office every single day. And he did, and it was a 45-minute commute one way, right? Lo and behold, two or three months in, he talks to his manager and says, hey, by the way, could I work remote two or three days a week? Because I don't need to be here. There's nobody else here. And the manager says, of course. Why didn't you ask me before? You know. So just think about all those lost hours, those first couple of months when he was driving to and from because he didn't ask that question. I mean... Did he not notice that his manager was not in the office with him? I mean, I would have, I feel like that's a little oversight on his part. Not to say he shouldn't have tried, but like that. <laughs> he was, he was playing it safe. And, and I think in the process, he, he played it too safe and he, he could have maybe surfaced that earlier, but um, you want to have those conversations as, as early as possible. Right. And um, cause I imagine some, a good question would be too, is like, do I need to move to like wherever the headquarters is, you know, maybe I'm living in Florida and I live in DC. Let's say like the headquarters is here. Am I going to be forced to move there eventually? Yeah. Right. I know that would or do significant travel. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or travel significantly. Like maybe you have to be there a couple days a month or a week a month, things like that. Right. Um, so yeah, very, very important questions to ask. Well, so it's, so this, we, this, this concept of empathy uh, is, it's an interesting one. Do you feel like more people have empathy now? I feel like I personally think that people have more empathy uh, with the remote work because, you know, people are parents and they're teens and they have dogs and cats and, you know, there's noise outside. And I, I don't know how many times during a meeting somebody says like, oh, I'm sorry. My dog is barking. Or my dog's barking or my yeah. baby's crying or like there's something happening outside. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Like, do you feel that as well? I think as a, like, to, if I were to generalize, I would say empathy has gone up and people are willing to look past those things that perhaps before remote work became a thing and became the norm, maybe folks weren't as willing to, to accommodate those types of, um, you know, situations. But at the same time, I, I'm also very cognizant, or I try to be very thoughtful about whether that empathy is genuine or if it's forced, right? Um, because it's it's easy to to just it's easy to be empathetic in a disingenuous way. Like you might think that you're not, you might think that that's the thing to do because everybody else is doing it, right? But it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work and effort to be very meaningful and very genuine in that interaction. So if I, I mean, I have, you know, team members now that are all over, I have a direct report who's international, right? And things come up 
and you you have to you have to really show by actions and not just by words you know uh to be able to convey that that feeling of genuine um empathy yeah i don't know that's that's a great point because i'm because i think I think you bring up a really great point that during the interview process, like you have to actually do some sleuthing of like, is this a real, but that's a lot of like, are you, you're judging these people to see if you actually want to work with them. Um, I don't know what, what, what question could you ask to understand if somebody is actually genuinely empathetic? I don't, I'm, I'm genuinely curious. Yeah. I think it goes back to situations that you can bring up that have affected you in, in past experiences, right? Um, if you had an emergency that you had to tend to, or you had a circumstance that was, you know, pretty important to you and maybe your previous employer or whatever type of situation you were in didn't end up working out the way that you wanted to, right? That's, that's one possible strategy. So you don't have to necessarily engage in a whole mental exercise to try to think, you know, what if blah, blah, blah. It's important to just introspect and come up with ways that, you know, you think are important. Uh, and then I think another part of it too is, you know, f- see what the company is doing to build community within the remote space, right? So um, a lot of companies are using Slack and they have random Slack channels that are like ways for people to build, you know, relationships with colleagues and break silos and all of that. Um as we transition out of working 100% remote, you know, are they trying to do get-togethers locally in your city? Are they hosting events? Are they trying to build a sense of, okay, yes, we we do have an existence that's an emoji on Slack or that's a that's an avatar on Slack, but are we doing other things to really kind of build that community? And that bridges both the virtual space as well as the in-person space. Uh, I want to go back to kind of another scenario. Like I work remotely full, full on and my company has announced like that's just going to be forever as well. So let's say in a year I'm looking to transition to another organization, but I want to keep the remoteness. I know it's probably easier since I actually have an understanding of like what remote work looks like, but what are some traps uh, that, you know, people may fall into to, and that they may not know moving forward to help them keep in that remote space. So some organizations are a little bit loosey-goosey on what they mean by remote. Like they may not necessarily see, uh, they may try to market remote as being, it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit complicated. I, I've seen job postings where they say remote until for example, safe to safe to return to the office, or they try to make some kind. They put a condition there, which is very arbitrary, uh, and they they kind of maybe bait you with the idea that it's remote currently, but they know at some point it's no longer going to be remote. So, right. I, think, I think that's a good question to ask. You know, is this remote moving forward and never going to be changed, or is is there a possibility that this will one day become an in person role? Uh, and then I think other. I mean, not maybe red flags, but other things to consider are, uh, you know, during the interview process, the current team that you'd be working with, are they all over the place, right? That's a good indicator. If they have team members that are distributed, chances are that they have given a lot of these concepts some thought, 
and they have processes in place, even if they're preliminary or, you know, kind of at a, uh, maybe not as thought out, they do have some processes, processes in place with regards to making remote work, you know, scalable and feasible moving into the future. Um, but yeah, I, those would be two strategies that I could think of. So tell me about a little bit about yourself, about your professional goals moving forward now with community and just you, like, where do you see this, this community moving forward and how do you feel, how do you see it affecting like you yourself and the overall arching, you know, work moving forward? Yeah. So my, my background is in e-learning and education technology, and I really love building content and courses that, that help induce behavior change. Right. So with Commutomy, I've been able to do that on a very kind of one on one basis. I work with clients wow. or I work with folks. I want to really scale that out to where um, Commutomy becomes kind of a, a, a place where my lessons can live for eternity, where I can house, <laughs> house content and build things that people can leverage and, and download and use even when I'm not there physically working with them or, or virtually, I should say, working with them one-on-one, I want to get to that point where it becomes a repository that can that can stand on its own, right? So that's where some of my ideas are right now, thinking about different learning management platforms and, and integrating those services. Uh, and I also see it eventually becoming uh, ideally a place for other remote remote work enthusiasts, if I could call it that, if that, you know, building them into the community, building advisors and, and bringing uh, other individuals that are active in the space to kind of contribute to to the community that we're building. Uh, that's, that's another direction I, I hope to take this uh, whole initiative into. Yeah, I mean, that sounds amazing. I, I really think people need help with this remote work concept, because I do think that there is, to your point, we all went remote, right? Because of necessity, because of like the, the pandemic and all of this was an outside force that was occurring. And now I see a lot of employers starting to be like, well, like, come on, guys, like, come back in. Like, it's the crisis is over. But everybody is like, but I like this. Like, yeah. stop. Stop. Why? Like, what is the point of all of this? Um, I thought my my uh, organization did really something uh really well. They, they they asked the employees that we literally had groups over a couple of months where they were like, what do you guys want? How do you want this to look? And I thought I really commended them on their effort to try to get that in place. Mm-hmm. But I see so many organizations trying to be like, hey, guys, like you should come back once once a week, maybe twice a week. And I do think that some people are starting to do like that hybrid mentality, too. And I, and I wonder for myself, to your point of, do you worry that um, with this remote work, do you worry that we are becoming too separated and that will hurt people's careers in the long run? And like you said, doing these events where like you get together is really important. And how can you do that on a smaller basis as an employee? Yeah, I think a lot of it is actually involves taking initiative. You have to be deliberately carving out space and time on your calendar to interact with people that are not your your common work buddies, let's say, the people right. that you interact with on a, on a very regular basis. So, you know, many organizations do like a virtual happy hour, let's say, where 3 to 5 p.m. on Friday, they have a channel open and anybody can come in, drink a virtual beer and talk about whatever it is that's on their mind. Um, we've played games kind of in a virtual way where everybody gets together and we play 
uh, you know, code names. Let's say code names is popular because browser based, and you just go and and have fun, and you can have teams, and then people kind of competing against one another. Uh, those are those are two easy ways. But I would say something that I that I tell a lot of folks that I work with is you know try to meet somebody new every week. You know, it doesn't matter. Put a half an hour on their calendar and just call it a coffee break, right? Um, calendars just are sometimes like Tetris when you're looking at your your colleagues' calendars, right? <laughs> but it could be 15 minutes, and it could just be, hey, I I've seen you know your role or your department is working on something cool, or I want to learn more about what you're doing. I've heard about you. Whatever context you think would be would be reasonable, and just have an off the cuff conversation. It's amazing how willing people are to have those types of conversations if you're if you're willing to ask right um i think a lot of people are genuinely craving connection and a lot of us are maybe mentally not in the right we think we might be bothering the other person if we reach out and and make that bold leap but uh almost every time i've done this uh it's been received very well right and i've gone on to meet meet some of these folks in person and we had something that we actually could base our interactions off of because we had put in the time to kind of get to know each other before. Yeah, absolutely. I, I work like my job allows me to work across the company and interact with a lot of different people, which I'm very grateful for. But I'm amazed at when I talk to people, how siloed they are. And, and I would be, oh, have you talked to this person who may not work on like a different sector? They work in the same sector, just like on another team. Yeah. And, and they say, oh, I've never I've never interacted with that person. I'm like, this person is just like one removed from you. You're not even that far away. Um, and I do I do worry about that because I did try to go into the office, but nobody goes into the office and it's like, this is pointless. Um, so I I have I, struggled with this concept a lot. Like I want to be remote, but I also want to interact with people. And then you try the happy hours. The happy hours kind of suck. Like I know, I know they don't. I know you try, but like sometimes it's like, man, we're not actually – yeah, they feel forced and you're not and you can also only one person can talk on this platform at the same time. So like it's hard to have like a, you know, you know, you go into that the, when you do having these things in real person, you know, like you talk to the person next to you and they are able to talk to person next to them. And you have a, a lot more interactions going on simultaneously. Um it's a lot more organic, right? And whereas here, it feels like you're still just the Brady Bunch screens, just maybe, <laughs> exactly. maybe rearranged exactly. somehow, right? Yeah, uh, right? yeah. So what's something that we haven't talked about that you think that maybe something we should have brought up? I don't know. I feel like we checked off all the boxes. Um, <laughs> that's okay, too. In. Yeah, that means I, I did my job as an interviewer. So that's that's good. Yeah, yeah. So, so I guess uh, to, to wrap it up, like how can people find you and, you know, the floor is yours. Yeah, absolutely. So my website is uh, com. So C-O-M-M-U-D-E-M-Y.com. And my email is farhan at com. Um, my first name is spelled F-A-R-H-A-N. I'm sure that's going to be in the show notes anyway. We're going to put uh, it in the show notes. I'm going to put all the information in the show notes. Don't that's worry. perfect. That's perfect. Um, <laughs> and then the website is the entry point for following me on Medium, on Twitter, and everywhere else that I that I have a online presence. So uh, looking to, yeah, looking to spread the word and uh, help more folks that are on the cusp of making the, the leap to the remote work revolution, if they haven't already. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on, Farhan. This has been 
fantastic. It's a very important topic, and I'm so glad we discussed it. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, what are your thoughts? I loved it. It was a fascinating conversation about the proliferation of remote work and how to navigate this new like system that we're building. Because he did a really good job of, because he was saying that, you know, remote work used to be like a niche place to be within industries. Like there's, there used to not be a lot and we all went remote and now some people are going back and also understanding of like, you need to understand the job where you're going. Does it have that culture of, can you be remote or at least hybrid? And if you are remote and hybrid, how are you going to keep up the culture of like them investing in you to make sure that you are be able to move your career along? So it was great. Mm. Yeah. You don't, you don't get kind of just like left in a corner and, and kind of on your own, but you're still, yeah, you know, being part of that, that normal process. And it's yeah. a really important conversation to have because there's so many people I talk to within my organization that are so siloed and don't know anybody else outside of their team, which is nuts, right? Like we've talked about this before. It's and it will have consequences later on. Like when you are trying to like move around or like trying to get another job within the organization or or outside because you might need more than one recommendation or something. I don't know, but I just think there is a lot of negative drawbacks for being so siloed within your organization. Yeah, yeah. I, I also just appreciated part of his story being this idea, and we, we've we've touched on this in different ways, but his was such a clear example of when you've kind of bought all in on the company. Yeah. Right. And like, and that's that's like part of your identity and part of what you're thinking and your process, and then all of a sudden you real like they drop you and it, it yeah. may th- that could be in a lot of ways or or you suddenly realize that it isn't doesn't right and and some of that that process that has to go into oh right like i i <laughs> most machines are just machines and i'm a cog right and so right. how am i actually building this around me and my values and my skills because that's that's what's important right and i think um sometimes it's a brutal awakening and and then sometimes people get to make leaps and jumps. It depends kind of like on the story, but yeah, I appreciated that part of it. Yeah. I mean, never forget that you are just a soldier in an organization's army like that. Unless, unless this is the thing that that's yours, right? Like that's, that's the difference of being kind of, you know, those that get to do startups and build something. But even then, even then you're, you know, unless it's like yours, right? Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's, it's a very, it was a very, it's a fascinating concept uh, conversation and, just his services are really needed. I like the fact that he gives, he works with organizations and gives them recommendations about how to onboard people and how to promote remote work environments because that's really important and we should have these, we should be having more of these conversations. And we hope that you're having those conversations with your organization and with your future organizations. I hope this interview really helped you out. And until the next time, we'll be working for you. Yeah, yeah.